What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend, a debrief, and an effort to send biblical truth. What better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts, Caleb Pearson. Joining me in the energy already, Mark Francis. Yes. It's been weeks, buddy. It has been. I've missed you. I'm excited to be here. And Good. this is an exciting topic for me, so I'm ready to ready Last to time go. you and I were here, we were talking about Ruth over a month ago. That's okay. I like time flies. Sure. Oh, really good. Yeah. Uh, I miss him somewhat sometimes. Love him to death. Mark Carey. Mark, how you doing, buddy? Good. Good. Yeah. Good. I think so. Yeah. Last I checked, I still have a pulse. That's there good. you go. Oh, alive and that's kicking. the energy over there. <laughs> and then I'm exactly. ready to talk today. That's let's go. Really, all that's required to be on this podcast, we just found, is just a pulse. Alive and kicking. <laughs> yeah. So, guys, let's jump into a, a Sunday in review. We'll talk about all the stuff that happened here this weekend at Fellowship Bible Church here in Winchester. Mark Francis coming your way first, my man. Yeah. So, this is kind of the second portion of our sermon series mm-hmm. of what really matters. And we're turning the corner, understanding that discipleship is critical. Um, And Tim Sanford did a great job of explaining and unpacking some of his Pauline prayers for how can we apply those in our lives to make disciples and and grow in our walk and grow in our understanding of how can we be a disciple and teach others. Mm -hmm. I think that turns a corner here with what does that mean to us at Fellowship Bible Church? And we've had these core values for years now. Mark, you can maybe unpack that a little bit. Have they been around since... How long have they been contextualized and verbalized as those five? They actually, real quick, they started out with four. We we came up with four, and then we added the fifth one maybe 22 years around We're talking early 90s maybe, right? Okay. Yeah, well... uh, Mid-90s? Mid-90s is when we really begin to hammer out... uh, 94, 95. The good old days. Yeah. Yeah. I was but born you, in 96. But you link so. that oh, yeah. with... All downhill from oh, there. Oh, wow. <laughs> All downhill from there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you link that with the mission statement, right? Right. So, we, so FBC has mm-hmm. the mission mm-hmm. statement of, out of, you know, desire to glorify God as a spiritual community, prepare and deploy, yada, yada. All that good stuff. Then you have five core values. And I, I, I got a sense of let's bring these core values to light with a fresh perspective is kind of my understanding of where you and Tim were going with... How do you, you say something like, what, is a, what does this bird look like, <laughs> right? What, is, what does a disciple look like? And we should all have a heart for these five things. And it's not just words on a paper. It's not just something that Fellowship Bible Church says, yes, these are our five core values as a mm-hmm. church on a website, you know, statement or mm-hmm. words on a wall. How does the corporate body of Christ here at Fellowship Bible Church embody these five principles? And so that's where I'm excited to say that's how it links with discipleship. That's how it links with what really matters, because we all should have these things at the forefront yeah. of our minds. Right. I, it's, okay, wh- why, why should we value loving God or loving truth or loving our families and our church and our world? Why are those values in a church? Because they... Um, reflect what a what a disciple should be, mm. and that's mm. what we are here for to go and make disciples. Mm-hmm. Preparing, we say it: prepare and deploy dependent disciples. So, if 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 that's as I said Sunday if, uh, this weekend, if that's what the product is that we're supposed to be producing mm-hmm. in this world, mm-hmm. is is uh, dis, um, 
Christ-likeness. It is, it is enough that a student be like his teacher, that a slave like his master, Matthew 10, that uh, I mentioned. If we are to produce Christ-likeness, um, that, I mean, that, that's what a disciple is. And so we defined it by these five kind of core values or, or these five, five characteristics, and therefore those are the values mm. that we want to embrace as a church and see built into the life mm-hmm. of believers. Now, of course, the question is always, how do we do that? And what are the programs or the ministries or the activities that we do to help inculcate that into the life of, uh, of a follower of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, a church can only do so far, so much. There has to be individual responsibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we can, we can right. kind of create the atmosphere, the environment, the air quality that people can breathe that will help facilitate their growth into, as a disciple of Jesus Christ. But it's incumbent upon each of us as individuals Do it. to yeah. say, mm-hmm. we want to be a follower of Jesus it's Christ. It's funny you say that. That's one of the thoughts that was stirring in my mind, especially for me being a part of the worship ministry, knowing that the worship ministry has historically been linked with this core value of love, loving mm-hmm. God, love God fully. It's not just meant to be this one-time corporate gathering portion. It's not meant to just be singing. It's not meant to just be even the word called worship. Loving God, and that's where I appreciated the sermon, because you're able to take these kind of core value truths and put it to practice, put it to Scripture, and teach on it. Not just say, this is what we're all about, people, now go do it. Mm-hmm. There, was, there was a teaching component in the sermon that did that. And as a worship team member and as a you know, being on a leadership team for many years and singing on stage and stuff, we've wrestled with just what you said. How do we as a leadership team, how do we as a ministry, how, how do we control that? We can't. How do you, how do you, how do you call people to love God more fully? Yeah. I mean, you just put it out there for people. Let the work of the Holy Spirit and God's grace do the work in that person's life and move them progressively down the spiritual path of into Christ likeness. Yeah. One person might be in point A on the spectrum. One person might be in point M. Yeah. But as you present God, their heart for God will grow. Their love for God will grow as they realize what God has done for them. That's right. And that's where I wanted to begin the, the message with uh, the, that great commandment, the, the greatest, mm-hmm. the foremost of all commandment, wrestle with that a little bit the the scribe that comes up with to jesus what is the foremost commandment Mm -hmm. and he quotes deuteronomy to love the lord your god with the heart soul mind and strength that is the foremost commandment um okay so how is that going to be lived out the first john passage i think yeah which is great is where and and that's I think the essence of what we try to do in worship, say as a corporate gathering, is to rehearse the gospel, is to remind ourselves of God's great love with which he loved us, even when we are dead in our transgressions and sins, he made us alive. So as we focus in our worship time on this great God of love, uh, we, 1 John four nineteen says, well, we love him because he first loved us. So we can respond back mm-hmm. with love, and I w- it's kind of a, maybe a synonym for worship. We, that's where the worship component, worship component comes in. Yep. And um, 
and and that's what we I think try to do week after week. Um, and if it's love God, love truth, love family, love church, love you better have a good understanding of love <laughs> and, right, and the definition right. of that word mm-hmm. and how God uses that word before we all you know spin off and have our own little ideas of what well, this is how I love my family, or this is how I love the world. I mean, there are ways to love the world that are not biblical right. ways to do that. And yeah. so um, I, I appreciated you bringing up God's love, and I like this core value one. It's Yes, it's one of, of five in sequence, and the stage reflects that as such, but it's also just so foundational uh, to what you're going to continue to talk so about. And it's so simple, too. You, I mean, uh-huh. you, you can just make—we we right now could just make a statement and then say, go home. <laughs> I mean— yeah. God loved us, mm-hmm. so therefore we now can love Him back, mm-hmm. and we can go okay. show love to others. Mm-hmm. But there's but, a depth and breadth is, to that. Ex- there's so much, and that's yeah. where I, I yeah. appreciate the sermon, because you're able to teach, put some fresh perspectives on that. And for me, the eye-opening part is this idea of adjoining it with the, being a disciple-maker. And what how, how can we disciple others and how can we be discipled mm-hmm. and it starts with this heart of understanding yes i am called to love god mm-hmm. and know what that means and there is this this idea of yeah you can say it but are we living it out and do we really know what love what loving god looks like um because i don't think we do so mark question for you then as you preach through core values this isn't this isn't uh, expository of a, of a book of the Bible. I'm led to assume we're you know we're not going verse by verse through a passage over the next five weeks. Right. So you're going to be kind of figuring out which of these core values Scripture can address. What what has that been like for you in the process of developing the sermons? How, did you finish this past weekend and think I, I want to incorporate that or what? How has well, this differed? Well, I, I for this for this one, mm-hmm. I think it's it's very easy. Um, it, it's very easy to slip maybe into a ditch that uh, of, of, of talking about this is core value. A disciple loves God with all their, Jesus said it, with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. So go out there and love them. Mm-hmm. I mean, we need to love them. And mm-hmm. Jesus said, John 14, 15, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So what do we typically do? We'll default to, well, love is an action. It's not, you know, you, you can't command an emotion mm-hmm. You know, you, you, it's not like you fall in love with, uh, you know, your spouse or something like that, that, that emotion of a, you're attracted and then you, you, you're, you're caught up in the emotion of love. And, you know, no, th- this is something that's commanded. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that there's not emotions and stuff like sure. that. But this is commanded. And so, oh, let's go out and command it then. And because Jesus said, if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. So we're going to really quickly default to, all right, get the list out, mm-hmm. and let's go out there and love God this week. And that's precisely the wrong direction mm-hmm. to take. Because as we tried to look at this weekend, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So the prerequisite to obedience mm-hmm. and serving is already this foundation of of love, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. So, so yes, love is an action, but it, it's it's more than that. It results in action. And I thought you were super clear in your sermon by explaining the two ditches of the scenarios of you can make a checklist and grit your teeth and say yes, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to love God. I'm going to get motivated by this sermon right now and I'm going to go out there and show God that I love Him. And the other ditch of basically saying I 
there is no Can't way. Do I don't think I can do it. And the woe is me or I don't have it in me. And both are wrong. Right. And and yeah. I love how you pause in the middle of the sermon to expand on that thought. Yeah. Both both are are totally unmotivating. Hmm. I mean, it's just yeah. I I can go out there, but I'm gonna I'm gonna like I said, two days later or, or twenty four hours later or two hours later, I'm gonna collapse in a heap of frustration because I can't obey these I can't do what God so I therefore I'm not loving him. Or you just give up and and not just give up. You really don't care because we're, you know, I'm I'm loving too many other things and, mm. and God isn't. That's why the focus of how God loves me mm. has to be central because that is the most powerfully motivating thing mm-hmm. to know that while I was a sinner and undeserving, God did this for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, we all have had maybe... Times in our life where people have done wonderful and self-sacrificing and incredible um, kind deeds to us. We've been on the receiving end of that. And there's something that is endearing uh, of our hearts to those people who who respond that way. But what God did is just mm-hmm. incomprehensible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And until we... It, it's something we grow more into and... And I think relish and enjoy more and more that that results then in that life of of obedience and commitment. Because and if con- we do love Him, because we understand of His love for us, we can love others greater. Yeah. the greater we understand God's love, and that's where the and, connection and of what God Tim more. Sanford was sharing yeah. from moment one of our thinking determines our attitudes, which determines our actions. And if we mm-hmm. think and understand who God is and know that, and like you said, wake up in the morning, say. God loves me. Yeah. That's amazing. And yeah. our thinking and our mentality is now focused on God, then shapes our love for him, which shapes our actions and how we display that love to others. Yeah. And and so that it's correlating and merging knowledge of God and knowing his love for us, yeah. which then shows our love for him, which turns us into a worshiper of yeah. God. Now, now behind the scenes, and I didn't get into this, don't have time to get into it. We have many other times. Um, and as later in September, in the fall, when we start our new series on the book of Acts, we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit more. But behind the scenes is something else that's at work, and that is the power of the Holy Spirit. Because let's not forget, love is a fruit of the Spirit. Hmm. So it's not just my cognitive thinking about that. It's my, my cooperative work with God in my sanctification process where I get up in the morning, I contemplate the goodness of God, I go to the scriptures, I, as I said at the end of the sermon, I reflect on God's word about his love, I respond with prayerful thanks, I relate it to others in, in my actions and, ver- and, and verbal explanations, but that still is not going to produce in me a love for God. It mm-hmm. is generated and brought about by the role of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. who intervenes in all that and mysteriously, like John, uh, like Jesus said to Nicodemus in John 3, it's like the wind blowing where it wills. And all of a sudden you find this adoration of God. You're, you're drawn to him and then you're drawn to, to, um, to others and that obedient servant life is going to take place. Now when I was studying this, 
and going through like the book of Deuteronomy where that great Shema is given in Deuteronomy 6 to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. All throughout Deuteronomy, the second given of the law, that command to love is repeated like in Deuteronomy 11, um, uh, 13. It shall come about if you listen obediently to my commandment, which I'm commanding you today, to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and your soul, so on and so forth. All these blessings are going to come. Well, he repeats it over. If you love me and you keep my commandments and all these blessings are going to come. Well, it just didn't work out that way in the Old Testament <laughs> because they lacked something very yeah. important. And that was the indwelling work of the Holy it's Spirit. The proof that you just can't get it done exactly. yourself. <laughs> exactly. But it's fascinating to know that First John 4 says that God is love. Mm. Not that he just loves us and not that As we're called to love him word. back, but he is love. So then when you're equating that to Romans 5, where it's the love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, like we are saying, is that indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of God, the indwelling of love mm-hmm. into our hearts that gives us that capacity when we're walking by the Spirit right. to then experience God's love and know that we can easily love Him back. It's, it's fascinating. Again, like the, the peeling back of the curtains to really unpack yeah. the statement of like, yeah, God loves us. We're called to love Him. It is, it's so... And it removes all excuses not to manifest that, because if God loved us, we ought to love one another. So why? Why? Why is that such a an equation that is just out of necessity? We He loved us. We ought to love one another. Well, because that one who is love resides within us mm-hmm. and has given us the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. That if we simply walked in by faith into that power and to that strength, we got him. Yeah, that's right. But we it, don't think we it, got them sometimes. Yeah, and it should then naturally flow like fruit that just mm-hmm. starts showing up in our life. I've been stewing on these applications, Mark, and I've been asking myself, why is it Why is it so hard? I love that I can also just say Mark, and both of you are like, hmm, hmm. <laughs> which one is he talking <laughs> Talk to? Talk to that not, one. Now, now stewing, the word stewing, let's parse that. <laughs> stewing on yeah. it means you're, yeah. you're mad about it. I, I was like, stew- I can't believe he preached these three ruminate. applications. You're ruminate. Wait, wait, wait. Were are, you stew, are, are stew and ruminate not synonyms? No, I don't think so. See, if I'm stewing over something... It means I'm, you're not applying. It means you're, you I'm, don't I'm, want to I'm apply. Kind of, all, right, one, all right, I'll be stewing about you later. Okay. Okay. So these applications... You're reflecting okay. Reflecting, okay. ruminating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's right there. Reflect on key scriptures, respond by thanking God, and then relate this... I, I'm reading it, and we're talking about loving God in the church. Why is it so hard? And And... In doing that, in ruminating, I realize that to reflect and respond and relate to each other is actually not hard, but it's what we choose to reflect and and how we choose to That's respond right. and and what is gonna relate and and bring all this together because that that's the kicker right there. It's hard because reflection is not. Is, is not the challenge. It's what am I going to reflect on? How, how can I create a culture where I'm not reflecting on the three to five little, just little things about mm-hmm. my day? Oh, I could reflect on that. I wish that had gone better. Or the junk that's going on in the world and what you hear on the news. Right. And... But we do that. We reflect on that. Yeah. It's part of our, it's part of the camaraderie the world offers is let's stew, let's stew together there you go. <laughs> over what's going on. And then it's a, 
there's a ripple effect there. Well, th- then how are you going to respond if that's what you're reflecting on? You'll be bitter, embittered. You're going right. to be frustrated. And then you're now— Despair. And now the relational factor is that brokenness and that mutual discouragement and the—but the, the, we have to leave room for man yeah. to, to flip it, that. If you stew on the negative, you're going to spew all that go. out onto others. Hey, hey, new worship team banner. Spew to stew. Wait, uh, was it stew to no. spew? Stew to and spew. What you am I got? Try that in the youth first <laughs> no, no, to see wait. if that works. Yeah, I gotta, bring I that out to the main I got to figure out what I'm going to title this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. But you're right. That That's it. Again, uh-huh. it goes back to what Tim was talking about. Yeah, yeah. You know, what What a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Mm-hmm. And what's orienting our thinking. The Christian life, we've often said, is won or lost right between the ears. Mm-hmm. And it. It, it is something where, you know, Paul says in Second Corinthians, we've got to take every thought captive. Hmm. Um, you know, how many times in the New Testament are we called, do not be deceived, my beloved brother? Mm-hmm. Uh, 2 Corinthians 11, 3, I fear for you, Paul says, lest as Eve was led astray by the, 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 the allurement of Satan. He says, hmm. your minds can be led astray hmm. from the simplicity and devotion to Christ. Beware. And so, yeah, there's so many things that can... Um, uh, sideswipe us, uh, derail us in in any given moment of the day, hmm. uh, and we have if we don't have that solid foundation of the word, and that's why the psalmist said, "Thy word have I hid in my heart." Mm-hmm. You know, and so we we have have to have that understanding of God. Hey, um, good theology as um, as. Um, uh, the great theologian uh, Linus said in the Peanut comic strip, "Good theology has a way of giving you uh, peace of mind." Hmm. And uh, that theology of who God is and how much I'm loved by God, I tell you what that that takes us that'll take us well into eternity, because mm-hmm. no matter what happens in our life, um, hmm, if that is my foundational core, now. Um, if if that is my foundational core, um, the, the, when the winds of life and the tempests of life try to uh, buffet me and mm-hmm. and drown me in the in the pain and sorrows of life, no, it's it's the love of God that's going to be the buoy that's going to the float that's going to put me push my head up back to the surface mm-hmm. because now I'm anchored in in truth. Ha- having said all that, I, I I had a good question by somebody who said. You know, are you saying that the love of God is the prioritized, is, is the, the primary attribute of God? Well, no. I mean, it, it, all of God's attributes work together into the totality of his nature and who he mm-hmm. is. Hmm. Um, you know, God is love, but what, where, where would that love be if he wasn't sovereign and omnipotent? And, sure. and, and you know, it was his... The sum total of all his attributes that brought about, as it says in First John four, um, the the work of his son, verse ten, chapter four, verse ten. And this is love that we have not that we've loved God, but that He's loved us and sent a son to be the propitiation for our sins. Well, if God wasn't omnipotent, if He wasn't sovereign, Jesus would have never made been our propitiation. Acts two twenty two tells us it was the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God that put Christ on the cross, mm-hmm. motivated out of his heart of love. So, so all these things mm-hmm. work together, and God is past finding out. I mean, we can't, we, we can't ever <laughs> figure it out. 
Um, but, but it, it all starts, works together. I mean, these core values are callings for us. Like we are called to love God more fully and love truth and family and church and world. But again, it all stems back to what has God done for us first. And he's given us the ability to do those things. And so, yeah, it's a chicken or an egg concept. Like, yeah, I'm called to love God, but it starts with him and him giving us the love to be able to demonstrate the love back to him. And so it's just this cycle of knowing God right. and, and, and continue. You said it in deeper and deeper, deeper and deeper and, and understanding his word and his truth. Like you, it was part of your applications and your sermon, what you're saying right now, which I love the fact that then what's the next core value that we're going to talk about next week. Yeah, love is truth. Is loving truth. And those go hand in hand. They do. Knowing his word and understanding his character comes from his word. And so you can't love God without knowing God. That's right. And, and so they're, they're they go hand in hand. And, and we explained it also from the stage this past week, the, the logo and mm-hmm. how it's pointing upward. Mm-hmm. And, and I love how it, it, it has a purpose to remind us that it's that upward focus, which then leads us to the outward of others. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's, it's fascinating to see God at work in the life of our church, of knowing that these core values are biblical, and we're called to do them with his grace. Yeah. Love God, love truth, both being inseparable. There are so many people I've met under the age of 30 that do not think that way. They do not think they're they're inseparable. And it's always this how much love and how much truth, and they're kind of two different things, and you want to balance them both. But they're, bo- they're both God, mm-hmm. and we have to rectify that biblically. We have to come to an understanding of how God has, has given us th- this perspective on on who he is so that we're not left to our own devices to decide the oh oh the balance of it, it's it, the church should be 90 percent love and a little sprinkle of truth at times yeah. and, and we have all these different recipes yeah well the problem is we'll define going back to the very beginning we'll mm-hmm. define love uh by our own Mm-hmm. life experiences by our mm-hmm. own by hollywood mm-hmm. by the world standards the world yeah. standards mm-hmm. and um, and so when god doesn't fit into that definition then we begin to question well, well i don't think he does love me right. well, if hateful. god loved yeah. me this would not happen this would this would are you questioning scriptures and is what scriptures say is it really true yeah. or is there alternative options to what love really is and what it yeah. means and yeah. what i'm called to do and yeah you're getting distracted that's right and so it's got to be rooted and grounded uh in the, the the truth of god's word as revealed god mm-hmm. is love it's the essence of who he is the the it's his very nature he defines love there is no there is no understanding or comprehension of love apart from, apart from not a knowledge of god mm-hmm, right. so any world any definition right. any perspective of love if it doesn't isn't informed about the character of god then it's bogus uh-huh. it's it's a, it's a fallacious love it's not it's not correct hmm. so that's where um I mean, that's where it's got to take us, is into his word. He defines it. And if we're solidly built, if our understanding of God is solidly built on the truth of his word, if those two vertical values are ever increasing, um, we're not going to question, why did this happen? I mean, we could, the thought may come into our mind, in, but it should be a thought of curiosity. 
All right, I got this horrible diagnosis, or this bad thing happened, or lost my job. You know, I'm kind of curious, God, why did that happen? Because I know you love me. So I know everything will work together for good. Right. But if we don't have that foundation, then we slip into uh, aberrant views of God that are nothing more than generated by the evil one. It's Mm -hmm. as if we're still weighing evidence as to whether or not he loves us. That's right. But the degree to which... What Jesus did on the cross, a guy who, by the way, called himself truth, yeah. among other things, it starts to make this God mean something. It, it clarifies who he is and his nature perfected in his son. And I you, mean, Jesus is the key to the whole game. So. That's right. And you cannot, you cannot get mad at a person <laughs> who you know loves you totally mm. unconditionally, mm. and you've been the recipient of that. You, you just, you're drawn to that person. Mm-hmm. And so, again, that's where we have to be with God, I think, and grow in that understanding of, of him. And again, I, I, I see that, I think, in the Old Testament. I, uh, God, over and over and over again, poured out his love. And the people in the Old Testament just constantly, constantly blew it. They just didn't get it. That's where that work of the Holy Spirit comes in, I think, mm-hmm. that he leads us and guides us into truth and the truth about God. He points us hmm. to, to, to the Son. He points us to the Father. Mm-hmm. and um, He can also give you an attitude of gratitude, because this whole idea of thanking God for his love, man, it is so easy to just move on to, I can't wait to notice the next time he loves me, mm-hmm. without actually, thank you so much for that, yeah. what happened, because yeah. it's so easy to just, all right, we move on. Yeah, that's spirit-led spirit again. Respond like that, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Good stuff, gentlemen. Mark, Ooh, I'm tired now. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Good. You just want to take a big old spiritual nap. Yeah. All right. What do we no, got? No, what, no. What, what's coming up? I will say though, uh, this weekend we released core value reflection cards, mm-hmm. and so each mm-hmm. week, as we as we're going to be unpacking a core value each week, there's going to be a reflection card in the home center that you can go to. It's also on the website. So we released the Love God Fully one. That's really it's a devotional. But we're calling it kind of a reflection card because it's not just a one and done. So con- mm-hmm. get a better understanding of what we just talked about here. Have conversations with your family. Um, be able to you know unpack it, study it, learn it. It's also on the website. So if you go to just our homepage and the About Us, the very first tab says Missions and Values, and you can click on the Love God Fully um, link. And in the card is three keywords for you to discover, then discuss, and then do. So very tangible applications. So I would encourage you, if you didn't grab one, they'll still be there week by week progressively. So pick one up. Yeah, and really want to encourage you at home, parents with your kids or grandparents with grandkids, I mean, at that level, uh, do it as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can discover, read those passages of Scripture, discuss those questions around the dinner table or wherever or before bed at night. And then think of some things um, in addition to what the do part is. What, what, how can, how can this be applied in your life? So it's even more resources than just that card on our website on that landing page of Love God Fully, and we'll continue to add more resources to each landing page of each core Mm -hmm. value. So there's a lot. And again, we put it out there. Do what you want with it. Grab it. Use it. Live it out with your family. So that's the first thing I wanted to share. And then we'll just keep talking about uh, children's ministries and youth ministries launching. So Caleb. 
that's happening tomorrow. Night yeah, yeah. For parent, parents and volunteers. Parents and volunteers coming out for an info meeting. Hear what mm-hmm. we're going to do this year. So yeah, should mm-hmm. be fun. So that's Wednesday, yep. and then um, this coming Sunday, move up Sunday for the children, ages mm-hmm. zero through rising sixth graders. If you're a family um, with kids in that age, stick around church afterwards. Come downstairs. Mm-hmm. And there'll be some just easy grab-and-go lunch food that you can eat. And then as soon as the the food time is done, you'll go meet the teachers. And uh, just as a parent, um, get acclimated to where the kids go every week that that you drop them off. Learn who the teachers are. Say hello. And it'll be a fun open house time. So Mm -hmm. Brian Weir is is spearheading that. He'll just have a few words of encouragement of where the vision of Mm -hmm. um, children's ministry is on that Sunday afternoon, too. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, man. Let Anything me just else? wrap up with this thought. Do I, I, you know, why are these important? Mm-hmm. Yep. Why are, do we, are these core values, do we talk about them and preach them? And, and why, is the, why is growing as a disciple important? And uh, John, Jesus said it in his high priestly prayer of John 17, 3. Um, he said, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is eternal life. And what I find encouraging is that in in all the mess of this world today, in all the horrible things that take place, and we are caught up in that in terms of uh, an an aging body or a a mind that fails or or a, a culture that is spinning out of control or world events that can bring about destruction, in the midst of all that, we can experience eternal life. Here and now. Here and now. Yeah. And that type of a life that's defined by love and joy and peace and patience. But it's not a pill that you take. It's not a drink that you swallow, a Kool-Aid that you drink. It is a lifestyle. It is, it, it is, it is something we make, as you said, we make choices to pursue and and um, we need to find ourselves diligent to present ourselves approved unto God as we make these choices of discipleship. So that's what, that's what this series is about. Um, hmm. What matters most, it, it's, it, it, you know, what really matters, it's, it's that we can have this relationship with God that results in our glorifying Him and us experiencing eternal life. Hmm. And folks, it's a, it's a choice we make. If we want to continue down the road of uh, do our own thing and kind of pursue the things of life that we think will gain us eternal value or joy or peace, um, go ahead. But it's a dead end, and it ends up in, in, in despair. There is only joy and peace and eternal life found in knowing Him. And that's why we do what we do here at Fellowship Bible Church. So Cool. That's good. As a reminder to our viewers and listeners, you can find us all over the place on your favorite podcast platform. Type in Sermon Spotlight. We pop right up. The fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love. God bless.